Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. All right, welcome back. 403-974-8255 is a telephone number. I've got a few other issues to get to, but I want to talk about this, this poll out today, a post-media Main Street poll looking at attitudes around impaired driving. And uh, I think a lot of people are a little alarmed by what this poll found. An apparent willingness by uh, a lot of people to get behind the wheel after having a few drinks or even knowing that they were impaired. Almost one in five Albertans would consider driving under the influence if it was only for a short distance on a quiet road. Poll found 9% of Albertans said they had driven under the influence of alcohol, and of those, 61% said that it occurred in the past five years. So, I mean, the fact that there are people willing to admit this is troubling. But I suppose what's even more troubling is that there's probably a lot of people who don't want to admit this. What kind of conclusions can we draw from all of this? Anyway, joining us on the line here this afternoon is Keto Maggie, who is president and CEO of Main Street Research. Uh, people can read more, by the way, MainStreetResearch.ca. Keto, good afternoon. Hi, thanks for having me. All right. Well, let's talk a bit about kind of an overview of this here. I know you did this in, in partnership with Post Media, mm-hmm. but was there a desire, I, I guess, to try to understand where attitudes are, are at, how much has, has changed regarding impaired driving and how we think about it? Yeah, and I guess the the context of it is the last couple of years, StatsCan has shown that that uh, impaired driving is actually up, uh, reversing a, tr- a very long trend for almost 30 years where where the, this has been going down consistently. Earlier this year in a, a global study, uh, Canada was found to be ranked number one across the world in terms of incidents of uh, um, uh, fatalities and, and injuries uh, caused by impaired driving. You know, it's, it's not a good ranking to be number one in so we are the world capital for drinking and driving um we did this similar research in saskatchewan earlier this year found very very similar numbers we added the layer of asking people about marijuana knowing that you know we wanted to get a baseline to see uh knowing that uh, recreational legal marijuana is coming in 2017 wanted to see where people's attitudes were with that. Uh, But these numbers came back very similar to what we found in Saskatchewan earlier uh, this year. Yeah, it's interesting because, as you say, even though there's been that broader downward trend over the last couple of decades, impaired driving rates tend to be higher in Alberta and Saskatchewan. In fact, I think Saskatchewan often has uh, the highest rate in the country. Yeah, correct. And, you know, it's, I guess, so you, you said, you, you mentioned a couple of the numbers already. So nine, 9% uh, admitted uh, having uh, driven in, while impaired uh, under the influence of alcohol. 8% said they got, they were the passenger in a vehicle uh, with someone who was impaired. 
the most alarming number was that what you mentioned, 18% saying they, they'd consider doing it on a quiet road. A lot of times we find with this type of, when we ask these types of questions, as you said, it, there's something called social desirability bias. It means people don't necessarily want to admit something that they know is not really socially acceptable. Right. Um, so we wanted to ask the question in, I guess, its most benign possible way to see how many people would say, yes, I think it's somewhat acceptable, without sort of saying you're, you're, what the threshold, whether you're legally impaired, whether you're above uh, you know, the 0.7 or just had had a couple of drinks. And, and that number is very high when, when we look at, you know, there's on both ends of the spectrum, it's, it's highest, 18 to 34 and people over 65. And remember that, you know, even in my lifetime, I remember uh, back in the 70s as a child, early 80s even, um, where this was much more socially acceptable going out, you go to dinner, have a couple of drinks. People would drive all the time. This is before ride, before spot checks. Um, and then governments at, at various levels, police forces have done a pretty good job over the last 30 years, public awareness and making sure people are aware of what the dangers are. It seems that, you know, those efforts maybe need to, you know, be remessaged at this point because these numbers are increasing again and as marijuana comes into play now and what that impairment's gonna gonna mean for uh, road safety going forward um, you know maybe the the public officials looking at this need to go back to the drawing board in terms of how we message this to the general population because too many people still think it's acceptable well, and as you say, even though you tried to coach the question and, and as you described it, the, the most benign way possible, do you still think there, there are a lot of people who are, are giving the answer they think they ought to give as opposed to what might be the, the honest and true answer? Yeah, and when we look at the numbers, you know, in, in for alcohol, 4 to 5% say they prefer not to say, so that's almost a soft yes. 11% that said that they prefer not to say when asked about whether they've driven under the influence of marijuana. So th those are pretty big numbers. Um, you know, this just points to, um, you know, I guess the news about every, it seems like every week, every, every weekend there is a tragedy um, uh, happening on the roads and that, People don't learn from other people's mistakes, and, and, you know, I don't have the answer in terms of how to solve it, but it's still alarming to see that despite the, the great efforts that have been made, that people still think that this is acceptable behavior and that it doesn't lead to these kinds of things, at least not for them personally. Mm -hmm. But although, as you can see, I mean, it's possible that some of the people answering yes uh, are envisioning... Uh, even a, a glass or two of wine that that's uh, under the influence to a lot of people could mean a, any alcohol at all. Correct. And, and that, you know, I guess that, that is an important distinction to make that we, since we didn't say that you are legally intoxicated, that part of that yes number could mean just, yes, I'll, I will, I would go out, have a glass of wine with dinner and then drive. And I know that I'm legally not intoxicated. Um, so you're, you're, but you're absolutely correct.
I, and I guess that's one of the challenges, though, when it comes to an issue like this. People don't know when they're legally impaired, and there probably are a lot of people who, yeah, there was that one time I, I drove home, but I was probably fine. I, I thought I was fine, but really you don't know, and, and maybe people do overestimate uh, their ability to drive, and that, that could be part of the problem. Yeah, and I guess, you know, when we look at the urban-rural divide, there's also um, an important factor about alternate modes of transportation in outside big cities where, in, in big cities, uh, like where I live, it's very easy for me if I go out and I even remotely think I'm going to touch alcohol, I'll, I'll take an Uber or I'll take a taxi or, or take the bus or have arranged for somebody to pick me up. Um, it's not that easy when you're, you know, when those alternate modes of transportation are are not available to you. So we see these numbers both in Alberta and Saskatchewan skewing higher outside uh, the big urban centres. What about the, the gender gap? Do, do we see one here? No, you know, surprisingly, there wasn't that much of a gender gap on uh, a couple of on a couple of the numbers, males were much more uh, likely to, uh, I think it was about 20% for males and 16% for, for females um, when, uh, on the question of acceptability of, of driving for a short distance on a, on a quiet road. But other than that, in, uh, in, in self-reporting of the behavior itself, the numbers were exactly the same. But it doesn't mean that, the, that they're actually more, that they're, because the, um, women tend to be more honest about these things, but that number's higher and they're, they're, there's less um, won't say, whereas men are less, are, uh, especially younger men, t- tend to take more risks, and, and, but that, the, the prefer not to say number was higher. So it's, it's, it's hard to say exactly where, whether that gender divide if it truly exists or not, but the, um, at least on the surface of, of the people who self-reported. Yeah. Well, still some, some troubling findings here. People can read more, again, as mentioned, at MainStreetResearch.ca. Keto, thanks for making some time for us here today. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me again. All right, take care. That's Keto Maggie. He is president and CEO of Main Street Research, uh, Main Street and Post Media, uh, teaming up to, to do this survey. And some troubling findings. 18% say they would consider driving under the influence of alcohol if it was only for a short distance on a quiet road. 8% of Albertans said they have driven under the influence of alcohol, and of those, almost half said it occurred within the last five years. So, well, I mean, there are some people willing to answer these questions honestly. How many people would not? How many people sitting at home on a quiet evening get a call from a pollster, and pollsters start asking you, uh, in the past, have you done stupid and possibly illegal things? Please tell us all about it. I'm guessing there's probably some people who answered the phone to respond to the survey, who gave the answer they felt they ought to give, as opposed to maybe what the real answer was. Anyway, 403-974-8255 is our number. Your reaction to this, what do you make of these numbers? Should we be worried? Do we need to get tougher? We'll come back some time for your calls and your texts. It's Afternoons on News Talk 770. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.